Yeah, this is Killing the Business Worldwide, and we are on the air. I am your host, Vic Muscat. Co-host tonight is the one and only Jason. How are you doing, sir? Great to be here, brother. Let's do it again. You're the only ones here after I said the whole team this was a mandatory episode because <laughs> we got Cousin Vito here. I mean, everyone loves Cousin Vito, and it's – I can't believe they're not here. Well, you know, you know, don't even sweat it. We're going to have a good time. It'll be less interference. We're going to talk about how Kerr ran over Matt Taven. We can talk about some gambling stuff. We're going to have a blast. Yes, Kerr, the number one contender, I should say, champ, a Northeast wrestling champion, because the great Arn Anderson once said, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Right here, Taven. Right here, baby. Which I got nothing really against Taven, but possession is nine-tenths of all. I'm an innocent fan. I mean, oh, I do. I, and I'm glad my money was well spent. Thank you very much for taking him out. Oh, yeah. And there's one more table in his future. And the <laughs> Kerr's going to be walking around with this, his big beard hanging down. We're going to be having beers. I went to the bar with, with Kerr. He just drank right out of the pitcher. He got one pitcher and just drank it like a big glass. Put him through another table and you'll get another bonus. You just wait. That's all we want to do. Tables match, April twenty second. So I, I'm I'm all revved up. I know we, we I still got Poughkeepsie coming up and uh, big show there. Kurt Angle with Northeast Wrestling, but I'm really excited for this tables match in Bethany on April twenty second. Taven, there's no statute of limitations on being a douche. Good luck. <laughs> Ow! He <laughs> didn't deliver a douche with me, but you know. <laughs> I only met him once, so. <laughs> You're not missing much. <laughs> so, Cousin Vito, how did you get into professional wrestling? Oh, uh, well, let's see. I go back. I had a college radio show. So, I, I, I did a college radio show with one of my partners now. I do the YouTube food channel, Big Lou and Cousin Vito Eats. Oh, my God, our live episode is releasing right now. I'm not in the live chat. Ah, he'll have to wait on that. But uh, I started out doing a wrestling show or a wrestling radio show at college. I actually, it was a Ring of Honor show. I had uh, Gabe Sapolsky on, Colt Cabana. I forgot who else, Jimmy Rave. Remember Jimmy Rave? We had Jimmy Rave on the show. But I started, I, I started doing commentary for Connecticut Championship Wrestling, who at the time was working with Paul Roma. Uh, Romeo Paul Roma, Four Horsemen Paul Roma. Yep. He opened up a wrestling school in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And I started going down there doing videos for him and the Connecticut Championship Wrestling stuff he was doing. You know, he had Paul Arndorf, Jake Roberts. We had fun with that. And then something happened. Roma didn't want to run shows. So I started running a promotion out of Bridgeport called Power and Glory Wrestling. And even dating back to Power and Glory, Ryan Anthony used to wrestle there. Uh, Matt Taven actually wrestled there. Kurt Adonis was the first champion. So, you know... And then from there, I did video for Northeast. If you, you know, own the old DVDs, you'll see me doing interviews backstage. I rang the bell. I basically done everything you could do, including pinning Brian Anthony in a strap match live in Bethany. So it's been a, you know, a fun ride. I never thought, whatever the hell year this is, 2023, that I'd be sitting here with the Northeast Wrestling title over my shoulder. Admittedly, I stole it. But, you know, it's here. The feds haven't come and taken it yet. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, you got the title, nine-tenths of the law, according to Gregor Anderson. So who am I to argue? Uh, I, I'm gonna, I think Kerr's going to wear it down to the ring for the match on the 22nd, though. I think he's earned it. He's just letting me keep it because he travels all over. It's something else in his bag. It's April 22nd, the big Northeast wrestling event, tables match, Taven versus Kerr for the Northeast Wrestling Championship. Uh, you put Taven through how many tables already? Two? Two tables. And then this will be the third, which will officially get the title to my boy, Kerr, the big monster over the top. He threw 20, 30, 40 guys out. I couldn't even, re I lost count. I watched the show 10 times. I lost count every time, but unbelievable. He's probably the biggest guy in the locker room. So other than Danny Moff, who's one bad guy, uh, you know, Kerr deserves it. At the WrestleFest event that I went to, Danny Moff and Kerr just went, and you just went absolutely fucking bullshit i mean danny moff beat the crap out of a referee which which i gotta admit he had a three count referee didn't see it i mean it's like 
What do Thank you, you. Thank <laughs> you. That, I mean, to me, the ref, I don't want to say he deserved it, but he kind of asked for it. I mean, we, we not only did we win the match, there was multiple times where Dan Moff had him down and Moff, he, you know, he is who he is. He doesn't go out and kiss babies. He's not out there signing autographs. The Dan Moff in that ring is the Dan Moff who walks in the back door in a pissed off mood. So, you know, sometimes, honestly, I get nervous sometimes. I get down to the ring with him, and if something doesn't, he doesn't like what's going on down there, he's going to correct it right there. He's not going to wait to go backstage and say, hey, you know, referee. And, you know, that's the, the fun and the negative of managing Danny Moff is he's, he's as badass as he seems when he's in that ring 24-7. <laughs> Jason, you should have seen it. Danny Moff really kicked the shit out of his referee. It was a burning hammer to him. Even I was like, I was like, oh, there's a picture. I'm just like, oh, man, Moff was pissed. And I don't even, the ref did not look like he knew what was coming. Then he ripped his shoe off, beat him with his shoe. I, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I saw people trying to stop him. Like, he was just like, stop. Stop. <laughs> As the crowd noises over, you know, it's like, stop it. So I tried. I told him to stop. He didn't. He made an example, though, because none of those referees jumped in the ring. A lot of times the refs jump in. Oh, come on. Get out of there. That's the thing. When Danny Moff, all hell's breaking loose, the referees stay arm's length away from Danny Moff because <laughs> he'll suck you into his orbit and spit you out, whether it's a burning hammer or a DDT or a gorilla press. Danny Moff is like the Tasmanian devil out there. Which Danny Moff is a former Northeast Wrestling champion. <laughs> What, probably the greatest of all time, I'd have to say. And, I, and, I, and I, I told you before, I've been with Northeast Wrestling. I was there when Paul London was heavyweight champion, Cody Rhodes, Jason Blade, all, all the big names. Xavier was champion. And out of all those years, Danny Moff probably hands down has been the toughest and has put on probably the greatest set of matches from start to finish. He held the title almost three years. And I can't think of a bad match the guy had from Darby Allen to, I mean, JT Dunn, all sorts of stars, and he always delivers. I don't think I've ever left a Danny Moff match and said, eh, that wasn't so good. Every time you're like, oh, my God. I didn't think a guy that big could get a burning hammer. I do got to admit, though, even with seeing Moff with the title, Kerr with the title, Tavian with the title, you with the title seems more natural. That's what I'm saying. We need to write some fan mail in. Go to northeastwrestling.com. They got to have an email. I don't need, I just go to the shows. That's why I've probably been around so long. I come and do my job. We, we beat people up. We win. I, sometimes I lose, actually. I think I've gotten beaten up a, you know, a few times over the years now. But I have a victory over Brian Anthony, 1-0 and in, in competition. Technically, I was pinned by Eddie Kingston, and technically, I was pinned by Jerry Lawler once. So, two, a 1-2, and two, but not bad. And Brian Anthony is those Mr. Northeast Wrestling. Oh, yeah, that felt good. I, I'm telling you, I had a cold one in the parking lot after that victory because I got a whooping. Oh, boy. You, you, you had to see the bruises after that strap, man. At least he didn't break out the thumbtacks on me. So why do you think fans, like, misunderstand you and your genius as a manager? You know, we're not dealing with rocket scientists in the crowd. A lot of great people... They aren't appreciated till their time has passed. Look at the uh, Vincent Van Gogh, all these great artists. You know, even there's even great musicians, and sometimes and even sometimes uh, directors, people who make movies. Sometimes uh, until you're gone, they don't appreciate you. And I feel like that's what will happen with me. Is one day I'll ride off into the sunset. Me, Danny Mofker, we'll all move down to Mexico or something, have a great time. And you know, they're gonna say, you know, that Vito guy wasn't so bad. He just wanted to come in there and win matches like a real wrestling manager. You know, that, uh, that's the thing today. Uh, we're not coming out there with Danny Muff. He's not tap dancing, twirling around. He's coming out there, and it's like a freight train, and you better get out of the way. And I don't get in his way. You know, I don't, you don't see me dancing around him. That match starts, I'm, on the, I'm outside the ring, hanging out, letting Danny Muff take care of all the business. If you had to manage only one, Danny Muff or Kerr, would you manage? <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that. I would. It's, it, that's a tough one. Could we merge them together? Can we have a? I, what I? You know what I want to do? I want to manage them as a tag team. Then they'll beat the little dancing party popper guys. Then we'll have this belt. They'll have the tag belts. It would be glorious. You know, really catapult Northeast Wrestling to like a, an upper echelon. 
with with champions like that. I feel like. Hey, all you need is the wife Northeast Championship, you know, and you'll rule Northeast. Hey, let's get a woman's let's get a ladies' title, women's title. Bring on the Megasis. I will have a great time. We'll have, have a whole stable full of ass kickers. Are there any matches that you manage that means the most to you? Means the most. That's uh, that's a good question. Um, it's hard to say. I would. I'm gonna. I'll have to. I'm gonna have to do more than one. I think when I think about it, one that always stands out to me was a double header. It was a Danbury show where Brian Anthony took on David Arquette. So the David Arquette match, I did get punched off the apron. Took a, an amazing, graceful fall. I might after the punch, but that night I also got shot by Ricky Steamboat. So admittedly, he lost the tag title, so I was pissed off. But that night stands out to me. Um, probably some of the Lawler stuff when Brian was king. I mean, we had matches with Lawler, you know, a dozen times. So some of those stand out, you know, especially those Six Flags shows. I don't know if you've seen the photos from the Six Flags New Jersey shows Northeast Wrestling does. You know, they have thousands of people from New Jersey booing me. You know, once you get past the stench of their breath, it's exhilarating to be out there, you know, in front of all the fans. And I mean, I could probably, I could go on, you know, some of my, some of my stuff wasn't even in the red. There was, I was there the night, the final uh, confrontation between Piper and Hogan at one of a Northeast wrestling, wrestling under the stars show. I was uh, behind the curtain for that one, but you know, just being there for history, watching those two guys interact before they go out. And also the final uh, Piper's pit in Northeast wrestling where Brian Anthony Got Piper off and pinned Lawler that night. Uh, little tidbit fun fact, if you watch that match, I believe you could see me on camera. I was ringside for that on camera during that match. So I wouldn't manage, but that was one of my, another moment that, you know, wrestling history. And Terry Funk, too. Oh, my God. The show where Terry Funk smashed Lawler's crown, that was another great one. I could go on. I'll stop. I'll, I could go on all night. I'll just go <laughs> one by one because there's so many great moments over the years. Isn't the Six Flags uh, yearly event? Isn't that your WrestleMania, Northeast Wrestling's WrestleMania? Um, in a way, I mean, it's it's a little bit different because it, it's a WrestleMania in the sense of the crowds down there. But you know, it's not a lot of regular fans; it's a lot of new fans. So a lot of times, you know, like at least from a performance standpoint, when I go out there, like when I go out to Bethany, I know everyone knows who I am. Those two hundred fifty, three hundred people that are in there, Six Flags, you have two thousand people. They all might not know who I am, so I need to make a good first impression all the time. You know, if it's, I think last show, actually, I went out with the megaphone and just heckled. They're all in their little lines with their dolls and all their little eight by tens getting their autographs. And I went around and heckled all of them before I was, while I was coming up my rolly bag, just to make sure they knew, you know, get your autograph from whoever, Moxley or Darby Allen or whoever, but you guys are ready. It's have fun with your dolls. And they hate that. They hate when you call it dolls too. They, they loathe that. <laughs> Isn't there a difference between heckling and speaking the truth? Some would say, I, I mean, I feel like I speak the truth, but I feel like that's why it cuts so deep. You know what I mean? Where I could say, oh, yeah, all you guys, like when I say they have bad breath, 90% of the time they do. When they're walking around with their dolls, they generally are. When they're in their oversized T-shirts and they got their little plastic bag for all their crap, that's really what they're doing. So, But one, one thing I do have to say is, the great thing about managing Danny Moff and Kerr is Brian Anthony. We were always out of the tables. We were hawking merchandise, lime green shirts, wrestling buddies, pins, whatever he had with them. Danny Moff, he's like me. We don't even want to see these people. We sit in back. Sometimes I bring him an Italian sandwich. We'll have a coffee together. We'll talk about what's going on, how he's going to destroy the guy. And, you know, it's a lot. My, my nights are a lot easier with Danny Moff. I don't know if you noticed. When I was managing Brian Anthony, I was getting beat up every night. Somebody was punching me, flinging me around. I had Lawler punch me, Man Scout punch me, broke my glasses, cut my eye. But Danny Moff, I come out unscathed. It's like a night off every night. So I'm doing mighty fine, actually. I don't know if you guys can tell. Hey, the uh, the, the whole uh, New Jersey thing. I, I lived in New Jersey for two years. I know about the bad breath. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, I was like, what is, I thought we were by the beach or something. It was like trash smell when I got in the ring. It was everyone yelling towards me. So <laughs> luckily there was a good, there's a good breeze usually. <laughs> sure that wasn't just New Jersey in general. 
You could smell it. No, we, <laughs> we and being Big Lou, I, I, he's going to be so mad. I missed the debut. We actually had our debuted our uh, Big Lou Loves Food on YouTube. We do weekly food reviews. Tonight we did the KFC Nuggets, the new KFC Nuggets, world famous. Spoiler alert. Horrible rating from Big Lou and Cousin Vito, but we did some filming down there, and the second we crossed into New Jersey and got out of the car, you could just smell it. It's in the air. I mean, it's the yeah. of the Northeast, so what do you really expect? Yeah, New Jersey is the toilet toilet of New York. Oh, yeah. Everything flushes right out of Manhattan, right down to New Jersey. <laughs> no, Jason, I'm telling you, we if you see Danny Moff and Kerr and they say, you suck, you just go, yes, sir. I <laughs> These guys are fucking like, you look at them, they're big and they're nasty. And, and, it's it, the crazy thing is he that is Danny Moff. We I'm telling you, we'll be backstage getting our he'll be lacing up his boots. Somebody says something cross across the room he doesn't like, he'll be like, Hey, zip it. And every and I don't care who's sitting across that room, whether you're with your tag partner, when Danny Moff says something, everybody listens because he is the real deal. He's he's probably the last guy, you know, Kerr's very tough, but if I was at a bar and I had to pick one of those two guys, I'd probably go with Kerr first. Because he seems a little smidge nicer than Danny Mop. Danny Mop, I could see him beating me up and then picking my uh, picking his teeth with one of my bones. I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Danny Moff years ago when he was with Ring of Honor back in the early two thousands uh, when he teamed with uh, B.J. Whitmer. So I, I got to meet him uh, a long time ago. Well, maybe we were at some shows together. But I used to go to go to frequent a lot of Ring of Honor shows in the early mid two thousands. Like, well, I, I did not go to the Raven Punk cage match. That was Fairfield. That was close. I, I almost went. I re, that's one of my big regrets is not going to that. But I was in that era up until like Sapolsky got left or got fired, like the late two, like 2008, 2009, maybe. Yeah. Front row for Masawa. That was a $100 ticket. That felt like a lot back then. That was front row at the Manhattan Center. Now it feels cheap. I asked Jason, Jason, you're going to be part of the Thursday recording, right? Uh, as of right now, yes. We have Vinny Lax coming on. Oh, my Vinny Lax. You just let anyone on this show. If I knew Vinny Lax was a guest, oh, my, I would have just, I would have wanted to put my baby to bed. I would go make stuff, some stuffed bread up there or something. Vinny Lax. He's going to, one, two. Uh, well, I don't know what comes next. I forgot. Hang on. Oh, wait, Danny, one, two, three, and then I'll count my guy out of there. Lax. Too bad he didn't get up burning hammered. Oh, I, I, got, I was in the middle of Hannaford's. Ronnie read your comment about here's these are two guys that don't know how to count to three, and I just started laughing in the middle of like aisle four. And people look at me like, What was wrong with them? And I'm just like, Wait, so I didn't catch my breath. No, hold on a second. I'll explain if you want to hear later. I can catch my breath. This is great. I'm being trolled by him, by cousin Vito here. This is great. <laughs> yeah, don't post pictures with those referees. They're the only guys I don't get along with back there. Oh, I am Matt Taven and Brian Anthony, but oh, I, I, I got look at this. Want to see something? Look at this Matt Taven vintage hat. <laughs> How do you like that? That's a vintage Taven. And now it's worth more because I spit in it. Well, the 22nd, Vinny Lax will probably be the official of that world title match. He'll be one of the last ones standing. I mean, who's, who's are they going to put ref Chris? Is he going to come down with his, uh, with, with his little walker he has now? And then who else do we got? You got ref Eric. He's another one. We already, we got banned too, but now he's bothering me backstage. And then we got Quinn. I can see Quinn in there. He's got the muscles, but you know, then if Moff crushes him, that's like uh, elder abuse. It's a felony if he beats up Quinn. So uh, hopefully I guess it is uh, Vinny Lax. The charges will be less. Uh, Danny Moff, he got suspended for abusing the referee, didn't he? Yeah, no, that was actually a big deal. That was a big problem. And like, you know, sometimes, well, you're suspended is a big joke. But yeah, no, Moff, I, I don't know when Moff is good. I'm hoping he's back soon. I don't know if he, he's not announced for Poughkeepsie yet. I'm not even announced for Poughkeepsie yet. So we'll see. I know I'm there the 22nd. I don't believe Moff is still not there the 22nd. So I don't know how long he's going for. It could be a while. Jesus, if the referee just apologized to him, it's fine, but the referee did seem like he was very stuck up. Like, well, he is. Like, he is. Yeah, that he is a stuck up. Thank you. 
He, he has, he gets his, he's got his tan, he's got his big muscles. It's like, you know, you're the referee. What are you doing? What, what did you go? He's got the bands backstage before the match to pump himself up, probably. Getting his little spray tan before the show. Give me a break. Count to three and get, let's get out of there. So, well, you know, he, 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 I guess he survived the burning hammer. Free, free trip to the chiropractor. And I was there. If he would have apologized, I'd be like, well, maybe Danny was going to been He didn't apologize. No, so and okay. you watch it back. Part of the reason Moff got even pinned, which I think Moff, if you look, you can see Moff had his shoulder up at two and a half, but the referee got in his way. Taven pushed him off, and Moff was trying to be nice to the guy and stopped himself from squishing him in the corner, and then Taven rolled him up, and the thanks he gets is a fast count that he kicked out of anyway. It's like, what? The referee should have been suspended. Well, that would never happen. Well, he kind of got suspended the show as he was in his body cast at home weeping, probably. And meanwhile, this is going on. Kerr was sitting at a table, and Taven... Maybe we were going to have lunch, and Taven just got in the way. You never know. I mean, I, I was there. I could... I, He's not lying. I no, was you, like, didn't, uh, you, uh, you didn't see I had a bag under the ring, a tablecloth, sandwiches for all of us, and then Taven just wouldn't leave us alone. So now we have a tables match next month. Or this month now. Ooh, time flies about it. when you're having fun. So throwing the powder in people's faces, where did you get that from? It seemed a lot like Mr. Fuji. It's Mr. Fuji. It's honestly, to look back, my bag of tricks... I would have to say the, my inspiration is probably Jerry the King Lawler. Jerry Lawler, now obviously we've been at the other, you know, other side of the corners from each other for a very long time. So we're not, I don't, you know, we're not best friends here. But prior to me feuding with him with King Brian, you know, I've I did spend a little time with Lawler doing the backstage stuff. And he is, I mean, He's just, a, he belongs in every Hall of Fame because he's got so many little things. Because I, when I first started doing the managing, he was the one that was like, fill your bag up with stuff. Powder, nux, chain, have it all in your bag. That's your job now. And I'm telling you, I had lime green tape. I had crazy glue. My bag is filled with anything we could possibly need for me or the guy I'm managing. Because that's, that's something that I don't know if everyone does it these days. But when I, whoever I'm managing, I do take care of them. Like I'm telling you, Danny Moff's coming to a show. I'll pick I'll pick him up a coffee and a sandwich before I get there. And the manager comes in and I, I will meet up with him and I'll have him with his lunch. He needs a he needs an energy drink. I pick it up for him because, you know, I'm old fashioned that way, I guess. But yeah, Lawler. I give it to Lawler because he was the one when I first started that was like, you should fill your bag up with all the gimmicks you'll ever need. If I can see you being one of those people that say, like, guys, this is the stuff we don't use. And sometimes they slip out. Well, you, 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 the good thing is you got to get the powder that has like the stuff to kill like it's like it's not like baby powder because that won't feel like anything but there's uh, there's certain life athletic powders that actually burn when they get in your eyes really bad so that that's like that's what you got to go for you don't go for the baby you got to go for the the highest test you know whatever that antifungal stuff that burns <laughs> so i get the i only give the good stuff only good stuff to the guys so it's been expensive the past couple months between Brian Anthony and I, but I'm liking it. It looks pretty good, right? It looks good. It feels good. Burns their eyes a little bit. It's they sort of ducked. It's nice and easy for me too, because you know if I'm waffling them with something like I had that plaque, I didn't want to waffle anybody with the plaque, because then I, you know, I'm getting involved. I'm hitting guys. The powders. I'm like a ghost. I flew right by. That's it. I'm like a spirit that just came by. The guys down. I didn't even break a sweat. They don't like it. They sort of ducked. Yeah. If you were that good, you were ducked. You yeah, didn't. A real champion, Matt Taven, would have known that was coming and got out of there. But whoops, he walked right into it. <laughs> you have no idea. I took the footage from WrestleFest, and right when I got home, because I live in Brookline, Vermont, it's about three hours away. And I, you know, I sent it to Jason right away, the footage of Taven going through the table. Not only Moff, you know, kicking the shit out of the referee, but the whole thing. And I was like, Jason, you had something to do with this, didn't you? And of course, Jason's like, what do you mean? And I show him everything. And so like, you see Taven going through the table. You recently just talked shit about Taven. And now he's getting his ass kicked. Night after night, too. I mean, I, I've, I've been in Northeast Wrestling many years. It's very rare that Matt Taven's going through tables back-to-back shows, even back when he was, 
a young young man first winning that old Northeast wrestling title. <laughs> a three time champion. It's nothing to spit at. He, he did good. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't. Uh, Taven's a decent guy. I mean, what are you gonna do? He's he's had a wonderful career, but you know what, buddy? Scram because Danny Moff and Kerr are the two baddest guys in Northeast wrestling. So you could go go do whatever you got to do on whatever whatever promotion you're working. But, you know, Danny Moff could beat up that whole locker room and so could Kerr and all those promotions. So that's where we're at. What, the, what other promotions have you worked for? Primarily Northeast Wrestling, honestly, because I, I, I'm from Connecticut and I, I do the wrestling, but I also I've had the gambling podcast for many years. I do the food reviews. I'm actually I, I go to my website, makeluckhappen.com. I'm throwing a comedy show. Locally, uh, th- next month, May 20th, I have Jim Spinato, the mo- the resident comedian at Mohegan Sun, comedian magician, coming out to a local restaurant here. So I've been, uh, I- I'm a, a renaissance man, actually. I, I-, I kind of do the wrestling, I don't want to say part-time, but, you know, I got the two kids now. If I were if I were doing this like 10 years ago before the kids, I would have been down in New Jersey with Danny Moff because we've talked about it. We've We've thought about me coming down there, but, you know. I got so much going on, and I got a full time job. <laughs> it's always he's just grinding. That's how you do. He's grinding, grinding away. That's it. But you know, you got it. And I've also been doing. I don't know if you guys are in the sports cards. I've been doing sports card breaks with my buddy. He's like a sports card aholic. So we've been. I've been breaking like thousands of dollars in sports cards. I, I I haven't been advertising. I've just been putting it on my old personal YouTube channel for him because. uh He's into it, but he's like a big card. He's a card maniac. He's been collecting since we were kids, and I'm like, you know, almost 40 now. So he's been collecting like 20, 30 years. So he's got, but I'm telling you, a collection, he's got all these on-card Tom Brady autographs because he's a Patriots fan. So he's been collecting Patriots since we were in grade school. So, you know, he got, he lucked out that Tom Brady became the greatest of all time, but he, his collection has, you know, He's made a lot. He's made a lot of money off collecting cards. Very rare for somebody. He picked the right team and got the right guy. But we're still doing. I got all sorts of boxes. Look, look, look at this stupid box. Obsidian. First off the line. You know how much this box of cards costs? How many cards are in this stupid thing? Four autograph or memorabilia cards. Seven cards total. How much do you think this box is? Eight hundred and fifty dollars. These people are crazy. So yeah, I'm not buying this stuff. I'm just ripping it with him. He he does the card shows, but. Oh my God! Maybe I'll get. I'm doing that too. That's my other hobby now, cardboard. Tell us about the food show you have with Big Lou. Oh, Big Lou! Big Lou actually, to give Big Lou credit, he goes back to the college radio show. He was my co-host when we did that Ring of Honor show. He um, used to go to all the Ring of Honor shows with me. He started Power and Glory Wrestling with me, and he still does a little videography. You see him at the shows once in a while, bouncing around ringside, but. What we've been doing is we just go, we, we started with fast food. We've been reviewing new fast food items, you know, KFC and Taco Bell seem to have a lot of new stuff. It's all disasters mostly, but we started diving into other, you know, local treats in Connecticut. We've done Pepe's Pizza, you know, a lot of the famous pizza places. We just recorded, it'll be released next week, Ted Steam Cheeseburgers. So first time I ever had it, but I had the steamed cheeseburgers like legend, somehow legendary around here. So, and we did Louie's Lunch, the first hamburger, you know, we're having fun with it though. It's slowly growing. You know, you got to get to the thousand subs and do all that. So we're working on it, but we'll see. The calories are killing me. I actually just got a, I literally just got a Peloton bike. That's been, I've been torturing myself on. What a waste. Man, I hear those are very good. Yeah. You know what though? I, I, I didn't realize I don't need an, I don't want an instructor. I don't need somebody else to talk to, listen to I'm on the bike. I got somebody telling me what to do. I've been doing like where you drive by the countryside it's just like you're, it's like the video is just like the bike going down a road. I've been doing that because I started doing the class and I was like, ah, I, I, I don't need some lady telling me what to do this for, for an hour here. I'll just pedal 10K and then hate myself and get off the stupid thing. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> How do I look? I look thinner? <laughs> I just had old stuff bread, so it's probably not doing much. You said Danny Moth go after his sister. Say, Danny, I don't like this person. Don't kick his ass. Please. Yeah, that's the good thing about Danny Moff is no, there's no shenanigans. I know we go out to the bar afterward. Nobody's messing with me. Where, you know, with Brian Anthony, sometimes people would heckle us in the parking lot. 
Have you ever had any issues with fans like taking swings at you or anything like that? Uh, you know what? Actually, recently it's been getting a little heated, to be honest with you. The first time I've had something really happen was it was a show in Poughkeepsie. It wasn't a Mid-Hudson. It was the first show with David, where David Arquette came to Northeast Wrestling. It was him and the Hurricane against Brian and um, Dan Evans, I believe. And I was trying to jump onto the apron, and I was like, I'm stuck on something. I'm stuck on the, uh, uh, the guardrail. It was like two guys grabbing my tuxedo tails and I had to like fight them off me to, to jump and to interfere. So that was the first time. But recently, you know, it's actually been feeling like almost Jim Cornette style heat where I'm like worried about like, especially Waterbury. It was, I think it was the last, the last pal show. There was a guy, he said something to me and, you know, I'll heckle and draw Jack with you in the front row or whatever. And I said something to him. He said something to me and he, was serious you know what I mean like I was serious too about his whatever I said but I was like okay I gotta disengage this guy because he was like at the guardrail like screaming and almost spitting at me with his kid there I was like oh my god I must have offended his kid but it's been getting a little rough uh who Trayvon's family oh my god the Trayvon family when they were at the Northeast shows before he got his boo-boo they were they were also getting like physical with me so but that's good I, I, I don't want to get beat up by the fans but if they hate me so much, they want to beat me up. I'll take it. I know. I understand that you know having heat on you is good. You know, good for the business, good for your character. But is it like a certain line that for fans should not cross? Well, there is a line, and I mean, with me as a manager, it blurs the line a little because let, let me let's put it this way. What they're doing to me, nobody's doing to Danny Moff when he walks around the ring before the match. You know what I mean? So that's part of it, too, is that these people in the, the stands, they're trying to live their fantasy out, too, by screaming at these guys they normally can't scream at and say things they don't, want, they don't normally want to say. But, you know, you just got to look out because some people, they're in on the joke, and then other people, they are the butt of the joke, and they are not happy about it. You know what I mean? Because there's fans that we – we heckle every show each other and I'll rip them. And, you know, they kind of take it where, you know, there've been, especially recently the past year, there've been several times where I've been like, this guy is eyeing me down and I'll be at the ring and they'll start walking up and like getting behind, you know, it's, it gets, I mean, not scary, but it gets to a point where you're like, something's something's I'm doing something right. Let's put it that way. We'll look at it in a positive note. We're doing something right out there. Yeah. But guys, Danny Moff and Kerr, when you guys came out of Waterbury, I kept quiet. I was like, I'm not going to boo. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to keep quiet and be like, yep, yay. You know, it's like, that's it. I clap. <laughs> well, it was, it's funny because towards the end of managing Brian, it started to reverse where we were, we were almost starting to get cheered out there. So that was also part of the catalyst for me dumping the Lime Green Loser was somehow, I don't know if it was all the years, all the promos we've done, but it started to get to the point where they were almost starting to cheer for us. And, and I, I feel like that night where I turned on Brian Anthony, you know, not only was it the smartest thing I've ever done, but that night, I think if Brian pulled the title and won that title, they would have might've cheered him. He might've been a, you know, a big hero and that it, they were wanting him to win that title, which <laughs> he'll never will again. But at the time I was that close, I think for them liking me for a night wouldn't have lasted, but. People can dream. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure Brian misses me. So there's no. So being a face is out of the question for you. Yeah, I don't see how that would ever happen. I mean, <laughs> I play myself. My I, Vito is not a stage name. You know, some people come up. Oh, I want to be this guy. Or I'm going to be an Irish guy. Or I'm going to be this. I am Vito. I'm cousin Vito. I got the Vito. I'm Vito podcast. I was born that way. I basically play myself. That's the beauty of coming out to the ring. I just say what I want to say. Like, like, obviously you break in, you know, you start going in front of the camera. There's nerves. Like when, when Ryan first became the king and I was reading the scroll and starting, you know, I had nerves sometimes coming out of the ring. And, you know, obviously to this day, you're at a big show, you have nerves, but, you know, sometimes now, I'll take that microphone, cut off the ring announcer, whoever it is, and I do it live out there. You know, there was times where you try and think, oh, what do I got to say? Do I say that? I just take the mic and go, you know, right from the heart. I tell them right from the heart what I think about them, and it's been do going pretty well, so. 
Well, what we learn about this podcast is people get more pissed off if you just, just tell them the truth and tell you how you feel than anything else. You can lie to them. You can say they suck and does not mean it. But if you just point blank to say the truth, it's like, oh, my God, you told the truth. Oh, my God, we got to be. Uh. It's No, that's true. And and but that's the that's the great thing about managing Moff and Kerr is it's easy to say they're the baddest ass guys in Northeast wrestling. You know, it's, it's, it's almost, it's a privilege to go out and manage them where if I was in a different position and I was managing somebody else or whoever, I might not, I might hang up the boots myself. You never know where it's like, I'm, I enjoy who I'm with. These are, you know, men's men that are in the wrestling industry. It's like, that's what you get in for is these were the Danny Moff. He could survive in any era. You know, I could Danny Moff could he would hang with Bruno San Martino. I would put my money on it. Where you know half the guys today, I don't know if they could even make it as a Starbucks barista. But you look at them come down to the ring. So, you know, I'm very proud of the guys that I manage. I can't argue with that. Some guys there are just just damn goofy. Yeah, no, that's a good thing about Northeast wrestling is they're very light on the ballerinas. You know, it's most it's mostly hard hitting bad, bad guys that want to come out there and, uh, you know, have a great match and win, win something. So tell us about your podcast. Oh, the Cousin Vito Casino. I, I, I'm actually in the process of putting together a short, a short season prior to this comedy show, but I've always been a casino aficionado. So, you know, I, w- I grew up a poor, a poor Italian boy up here in, in Southern Connecticut, the pizza capital of the world. But for vacation, I never went to Disney World. I never went to Universal Studios. I would go take the train to Atlantic City with my grandfather, and we stay at the casinos to Tropicana. You know, we go down there, go on the boardwalk, ride the bike. So I always was into the casino. We had a roulette table at the house as a kid. So, I mean, not a real, not, not like a full roulette table, but the roulette felt and the, and the real wheel and stuff. So I always was, I always loved it. And, you know, it was just something that as, well, gambling is a bad hobby for somebody with financial problems. If you have an expendable income, the casinos are great because you can get a lot for free. So like what I what drew me to the casinos is I can go with a few hundred bucks. And if you work the comp system right, you know, there's tricks and there's ways you have to play smart. But I could go try to book the Motel 6 in, you know, New Jersey and it'll cost me a hundred bucks. Then they tax you and they fee you. I could go down to the Borgata and stay free of charge just because I gamble, you know, I gamble appropriately, not to say that I'm a winning gambler, but the more, you know, you know, the more comps you could get back. And, you know, for me, it's a cat, it's, it's less of a cat and mouse game now that, you know, COVID and having the baby and stuff, I am not at there, you know, multiple times a month, but, you know, there was a time I had my Caesars diamond, my MGM gold. And I, you know, you go get to the lounge like that was, to me, that was now you know it's different. You have kids, you know, not to harp on the kid part, but your your what's important to you changes. But there was a time in my life that you being in the lounge of the casino with a pocket full of cash, bunch of cocktails, getting ready to go down, and the night is young. You know, there's just something to be said. I know because you know a lot of people. I, I've actually I mean I don't know. You guys are from you're from Vermont, but uh, this. Radio DJ from New York, Craig Carton. He had a, he was a big, he, he was a Boomer Esiason's partner, and he was uh, always talking about gambling. Played blackjack on the show, and he had a very ended up having a very bad gambling problem. He went to federal prison for it. But I interviewed him on the show, and it's really amazing the fine line there is between recreational fun and taking it too far. Where I never stepped over that line, but then after talking, having an interview with him. You know, looking retrospectively, it's like, I, you know, I was, it's a dance with the devil. It's like any vice, you know, some people can have a drink once a week for their whole life and it doesn't make a difference. Other people, they have a drink and then their whole life is they're known because they're drunk all the time. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, I love pushing the show, but I look back and I say, eh, you need a disclaimer because you, you got, you got to gamble smart. No, for five years straight, my uncle and I went to Las Vegas. Oh, uh, where'd you stay? Not to interview you, but we stayed at the uh, first time we stayed at the Mirage, then we stayed at the Luxor, then we stayed at MGM, Rio. When my wife turned twenty-one, I was like, "Hey, you know, we sh- I should take you with us." 
and we stayed at the Bellagio, and the Bellagio trip was the one I lost the most money. Well, the Bellagio too; their limits are the are the highest on the strip usually. And how, the Rio, though, the, I mean, nothing against the Rio, but I've been to the Rio a couple times. I haven't stayed there, but for I went to see Penn and Teller there a couple times. Actually, comically, I sat in the same front row seat for two different shows. Like this is years apart, and I got had to be involved in the same trick in both shows, and like both shows weren't the same at all and i got to do the same trick i was some hula hoop i had to make sure the hoop was real both times i did the same thing so the rio yeah. the rio's got a, a dump now they lost the world series of poker too. the poor rio but yeah they were having the world series of poker when we visited that one time oh so it must have been wild yeah no that it must have been packed every cab time every time we were in the cab they were like you know you get you're here for the tournament you know world series of poker and we're just like no, we're just here fucking around, you know. Doing oh, they're like, you screwed up. <laughs> well, and the Rio's tough because you really can't walk to the strip from there. You know, unless you really are really a gambler, it is not a user-friendly walk to that strip because it seems like, oh, I can see Caesars in the distance. But it's like, it's worse than like a Manhattan block. You're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm in the middle of the desert. There's just cars whizzing by me, all little nips crushed on the highway as you're walking from the Rio. Can you tell I walked from the Rio once like an idiot? I, I I was like, oh yeah, and I'll hoof it. Oh my god, it was like a wasteland. Were you drunk or sober at the time? I was actually sober at the time, so that that was that was probably what saved me. But I was like, yeah, we'll make it there, you know, because it was like, oh, we'll take an Uber. And I was like, eh. and this was years before. This was like when Uber first started. So I don't know. We're in the mid two thousands here. So at this point, maybe there was Uber. I don't even think I had a smartphone yet, to be honest with you. I think I had a flip phone. So. I don't even know if Uber was an option, but I was at Caesars, so I was like, oh, yeah, we'll just walk to the show. You know, you're looking at the map. Oh, it's a mile, but it's like a highway mile, so. Yeah. But I survived. I'm here. But the next time I went to the Rio for the show, I took an Uber. There was one time my uncle dared me $1,000 to watch Chippendales. And I mean, a thousand bucks could have been I, 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 worth I, I, it. We were drinking. We had, a, you know, a couple of drinks in me, and I was like, oh, yeah? So I fucking went right there. Sat there, watched it, got my thousand dollars. I was like, "Fuck it." I mean, you've you, you, it's basically a wrestling show without the tables. So I mean, it was a thousand bucks. That wasn't too bad of a deal. I hey, is he? I'll go. I'll, I'll go out there and go to the Chippendale show for a thousand bucks, maybe. See, I always say with a budget, my uncle always like pissed money away left and right. We were at the Spearmint Rhino one time. Oh my god! Yeah, well, there you go. It's like say putting your wallet next to a vacuum cleaner. First, first time he gets he gets a limousine to drive us there. Said we're going to a bunch of casinos. I say okay, great. We'll go to the Rhino first. Great. The limo driver was name was Seaman. <laughs> of course, you know he. I'm just like every time he, you know, we saw his name, we just go like. And my uncle was like, "Yeah, my nephew's laughing at your name, Seaman." And I goes, "Asshole," but. Maybe that's a gimmick name for him since he's the strip club uh, limo driver. Maybe they were like, yeah, be whatever you want. He's like, ah, call me Seaman. That'll be comical. I don't want people to know who I really am. But my uncle was like, you know, like, you know, we'll just put everything on my card. All right, great. It was time to cash out. He gave his card. You know how banks, if they don't think the transactions. Oh, my God. They, so the bank was like, this, this can't be real. This can't be real. So they flagged him. So the so the manager came up to us with this big fucking guy. He's like, your card's been declined. And right away, I was like, we're dead. We're fucking <laughs> dead. They're going to bury us in the desert. Here we go. And my uncle paid cash, and we were cleared. But it was just like, that time, I was like, we're fucked. Uh, well, he, that is a pain, though. Then all your cash is gone. He must have been like, oh, crap. I got to use my gambling cash. But I, that happens to me when I'm out there, and you're like, oh, man. Save the cash for the tables. Nice craps game. Nothing beats a nice craps table. Yeah, but it was a good time, though. I liked the luxury better because it was like three casinos within inside because you had the Manalay Bay, the Excalibur, and you, there's a walkway to go to all three of them inside. Yes, yeah. And I, 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 I like the, I do like the Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay is I'm, I'm mostly Caesar properties, and that's for the casino comps. And I, I haven't been there recently, but back when I was there with the Caesars Diamonds status, uh, free valet and no resort fees. So that's another nice perk. Not that I'm shilling the podcast, but that's another smart thing is if you're a casino goer, 
try to try to figure out how to get the resort fees waived and the valet because Vegas, oh, I got a free room at Caesars. Oh, it's a $30 fee. Then they tax the fee and then your room ends up being 75 bucks for a free room. But if you can finagle your way to have no resort fees, your free rooms, I think, I forget what it is in Vegas. It's, there's still a fee, but it's like a $5 a day fee that they don't tax where... You know, I you know you go online. You're like, oh, free room for a week, and then you're like, oh my god, six hundred dollars for my free room. How much would it be if it wasn't free? And people just speak up. I mean, they, they, people think that he's like, oh, I have to be a high rollers gambler. No, you don't. Just speak no, up. Just gamble smart. You just got to gamble smart. It's all about your average daily theoretical ADT is what we call it in the casino hustler category, and it's all about you know buying big. Play big on your day when that pit boss is watching. Like, here's an example of something simple you could do. You go down, you want to play blackjack. I, I like playing pie gal poker. Very low comps at pie gal, but it's a low variance game, a lot of pushes. So I'll buy in, you know, I'll probably buy in for more than I'll ever play with at the table. But they see how much you're buying in for. And then my first bet when they're at the computer and they're saying, oh, Vito, how you doing? Oh, yeah, what's he betting? Oh, he's betting $100 a hand. Okay, Vito's betting $100 a hand. He put in that much money. Then when he walks away, yeah, maybe I go to $25 a hand, you know, maybe I'll mix it up, but it's all about tricking their computer system, which I'm sure one day we'll have some, there'll be some way they'll ruin it, but, you know, it's been good going for a while being able to play like that, where you play smarter, not harder to get your comps. Then I got married and had kids and that kind of ruined the Vegas trips. Yeah, the ki- the kids, the, I, when I got married, it was good because my wife used to come with me. She actually enjoyed the casino podcast more than the wrestling stuff to be honest, to be honest with you like because we i did an event in atlantic city we're at the top floor at ocean resort we're having that nice restaurants then we do a wrestling show it's all smelly gym bags and people are most bleeding we're going out to eat at one in the morning at some dive or like the casino stuff she loves going to the casino we still go and i i'm i'm definitely playing a poker tournament this october fargo mohegan sun so follow me yeah, my wife said that Vegas smell like farts too much. Well, now it smells like weed, so you don't have to worry about that that anymore. That's all it smells like there, which is better than the New Jersey smell. So I That's guess we'll, we'll we'll take it. When she turned twenty one, I took her to Vegas. That was the blog said, because I was like, "You picked up where we stay. It's your twenty first birthday." And you know, so many people gave her free drinks because it was her twenty first birthday. Oh, the marquee was cool because. We went there, you know, like, yeah, it's $1,000 to get in. I don't have $1,000 to really spend. I spent it gambling. <laughs> my wife, you know, I don't have when to stop. My wife doesn't know how to stop. So so they're like, it's her birthday. How much you have? I said, $350. they are like, we'll do something for you for $350 since, you know, you we've seen you on the gambling floor. We've seen you around. With your, and it was windy as hell that day. <laughs> so they gave us, you know, a... You know, a table that was out in the open, winds whipping around, and the manager came up to us. They're like, "We can't have your wife celebrate her twenty-first birthday like this. We're gonna give you a VIP ten area, as long as you tip our waitress very well." And I was like, uh, "My pleasure." I had no problems buying the bottles. It's just getting in, sitting down for three fifty before the bottles. Yeah, no, it's a racket. It's a total. Honestly, I. That's one thing. Uh, gambling's my vice, so I never, I haven't did a lot of pools, a lot of strip clubs, all the all the dance clubs. I'm always hanging from the chandelier with a scotch in my hand, usually. So I, I don't. That, that's one thing I don't waste my money on in Vegas yet. Yeah, it was mostly drinking. No, there was no strip clubs, no women. Adventures. Oh, you're taking a strip club for a twenty first? <laughs> I didn't do the strip clubs for twenty first. Like wanted to but my uncle even said that because we're engaged to get married he said you know if you got if you she was doing homework up in the room at the time we were at the bar drinking he's like i swear if you go downstairs and she goes downstairs and you get married in front of a poly a dj poly being impersonator i'll pay for it he said you don't have to hand in the certificate when you hand the certificate to the courthouse that's when it's official but just get married Take pictures, put on Facebook, scare the shit out of the family. Did you do it? So I, just, I was like, "This is great." So I had my wife come down. She's like, "What?" I tell her what's going on. She's like, "Are you fucking stupid?" <laughs> 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 
my, my mother actually got married by Elvis in Vegas and I was there. I was in the front <laughs> row. <laughs> I think I walked her down the aisle for that wedding. It's probably cheaper how much weddings are these days. Oh yeah, no, we did it at a room at the Caesars Boutique Hotel, Nobu. We had a nice, we got a, I didn't get the nice room. She got the nice room at the time with her husband. They had the pool table. Elvis came up. It was, it was actually a pretty good trip. I, that, that's one trip I did go to the pool. I went to the Caesars pool of, of many days in a row. Which, eh, I don't know. I'm not a pool guy. I don't know. I just want to gamble. I was at the pool. I was like, this is, I guess it's good I'm not losing money, but the cocktails aren't cheap at the pool. They're free at the craft table. Yeah, I just gamble on games now. Like football games. Basketball. Yeah, no, the, the the app. I've been, I've had some wins. I bet my new vices, I like the video poker. I'd like if you play the perfect strategy video poker, at least on the app, you know, in Connecticut, we have, it's like a 99.217. I forgot what the payback, but it's a very, it's a very good pay table. So, you know, it, the problem is I'm not getting comps. If I was sitting at a casino playing that, getting drinks and comps, then it's worth it. But that's been my new little vices. I've been playing on the video poker on my phone. With kids, with families, whatever, we still feed our vices sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's nice, too, because you know what? You can play for a quarter of a hand. You can play for 10 hands if you want. You know, so it's like it's lower stakes than if I were at the casino bar, like, with my drink saying, all right, we got to, like, hopefully break even at this thing where now it's like, ah, I'd spend that at a cocktails at the bar. So what's the difference? So where do you see yourself in five years? Five years. Well, what's that? Would that be day 1500 of, of, uh, Kerr's reign about that point? <laughs> You'll overshower Roman reigns. Yeah. Yeah. We'll destroy, we'll shatter that. Ah, uh, five years. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I would, I don't want to say I'd be surprised if I was still doing the wrestling, but you know, I'm getting up there. I mean, I guess you could manage for years and years, but it's been a blessing, you know, every, every, every show that I'm doing. And I like, cause I never thought once COVID happened, I was like, ah, wrestling's probably through. And then Brian and Brian came back and we had more heat than ever somehow when I was out of the tuxedo, the white tuxedo. So years, I mean, I'm hoping I'm doing this podcast. I'm, I'm enjoying, I just started running the comedy shows, but I've always, had a delusions of grandeur of being some sort of comedian. So I would love to keep doing the comedian stuff. And I've been really hassling Northeast wrestling to let me do some color commentary with that Paul Crockett, but Crockett keeps nixing it. He hates me. Well, I'm, I would love to get, do some commentary actually. Uh, another, this, I get, what do they call these? Uh, I, I'm, uh, there's a cool term for this. Uh, I've bought, if you go back to one, I think it was Northeast Wrestling, one of the over the tops, it was the over the top Brian Anthony one and Warbeard Hansen came down and beat him up. I think it was the debut of this very title. I was on commentary that night. So I did get a couple opportunities. They must've hated it, but it's on the network. I, I forget what year it is, over the top 2014 maybe. I forget the year, but I did get an opportunity to do some commentary for Northeast Wrestling. And fucking politics. I'm trying that Crockett. I, I keep begging him. I'm, I'm, I, I beg everybody. I'm like, come on. But they don't want to hear me on the thing for three hours. They don't want to hear the truth is what it is. They want to hear Paul Crockett dress everything up. Or I'll just, I'll be raw like Eddie Murphy. So April 22nd, my wife's birthday, by the way. <laughs> you have a big match with your boy Kerr, Taven, for the title. We used to do the Taven that night. Well, ideally, we walk down there, and then we set the table up, and we throw them right through it. So hopefully it's a quick, easy one. I don't even want to break a sweat. I love not breaking a sweat. with It's, it's the best thing when, when I go to the shows. But we've had some wild ones lately. It'd be great if the referee didn't stink and I didn't have to get involved, and he just we just had a nice, normal match and won the thing. But I'm excited, and I know Kerr is fired up, man. You should have seen Kerr. At, when we walked through the curtain, he knew I had to leave. I literally, uh, like, no joke, this is a total shoot. I took that mic. We came down to the ring. Taven didn't even have his gear ready, and we called Taven out, and Taven came down. And when we walked through that curtain, I took this title. My bag was packed, and I went right to my car with this title. Me and Kerr slapped five, and he told me, you keep it, brother, for the, uh, you know, for the powder in the eyes that set it up. So, well, I'm excited. I, I might bring a 12-pack of beers and have it in back for our celebration because – I've been waiting to celebrate a title. It's eluded me. I don't know if you, you, you realize this. Brian Anthony couldn't get the job done. 
then me and Moff, we, we were successful, but I wasn't with Moff when he won the title. So I've really been waiting for this for years, this moment to raise the title over my head, strap it around Kerr's waist if it fits, and, you know, go out and, and have a night on the town, the new manager of the champion. So years in the making. And this event will be on the network? Yes, it should be on the network. It seems like they're out within 24 to 48 hours after the show. I think there are still some tickets left on northeastwrestling.com. So, I mean, usually the Bethany's end up selling on. I'm hoping with a tables match, this should sell out. I, I, you could go to the Northeast Wrestling. Their website might have it, but their YouTube, I cut a nice promo. That promo is actually one take live walking out the door. So you could, you guys could see how a promo is done. I did that. I said, roll the camera. The baby's coming out of my wife. I got to get the hell out of here. And that was, oh, I think, it ran a, a minute perfect. And, you know, that's how you do it. Because some, some of these guys, I don't know, you, you see all the WWE backstage stuff. Some of these guys are back there doing 20 takes of their interviews. How do I say it? Did I say that good? It's like, what, what did you do or go to the gym for if you can't even do it, if you can't even cut a promo backstage? That's what I don't get. You got these guys, they got beautiful gear. They, they look like a million bucks. They're tan. They're greased. And then you give them the microphone. It's like talking to like a preschooler. It's like, what is going on out here? What did you like about the wrestling? Just the gymnastics part? You don't like the uh, talking and telling it like it is. So I'm pr- I, that's one thing I am proud of. That that actually, that brings me back to your earlier question. One of my best moments, there's a promo from a Poughkeepsie show. I believe it was the night we, we may have were, we may have been teaming with David Arquette and Poughkeepsie. And we did a promo with uh, Alicia Toot, maybe. Is that her name? She was an MLW. But we did a promo and Hurricane Helms was watching the promos. One take. And he was just like, that's how you do it. Because we were in line, you know, who knows who was doing their promos 20 times. And we came in one take, bang, boom. That's one thing about Brian Anthony. We were always the one take wonders. We always came and got it done, told it like it is. Because it's easy to do it when you're telling the truth. And you're not, and you're not, I don't have to play a character. I just come out as myself. A cigar smoking, scotch drinking guy who doesn't like those kids in the audience. So what are all the outlets that people can catch you on? Oh, boy. Well, MakeLuckHappen.com is my newish website or CousinVitasCasino.com redirects to there now. Uh, that has my, a link to the YouTube me and Lou do, which is Big Lou Loves Food. He's on Instagram doing Big Lou Loves Food, too. So we have a lot of clips, you know, shorts on YouTube. So we're trying to get, I would love to get more subs, trying to get Big Lou up to 1,000 subs on his YouTube. Uh also, on your Apple iTunes, you type in Cousin Vito, all my gambling podcasts are there. I've been on quite a hiatus, but I have a card counter that I have on the hook right now. I'm hoping to get the interview done. I, I'm, I'm hoping to get Jim Spinato, the comedian magician, the resident Mohegan, to get some good gambling stories out of him. I've been trying to get a dice controller. I don't know if you guys hear about dice control, where the guys who they can control the dice when they throw. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's probably witchcraft and isn't real, but... They sell their classes online, so I've been trying desperately to get a dice controller. So, yeah, Cousin Vito and all your Apple stuff. And NortheastWrestling.com, I've got a lot of hobbies here. So you could check me out there. Make luck happen as all my social, though. At Vito's Casino on Twitter is probably where I'm easiest to direct message. But you can find me. Cousin Vito, I think if you search me in Google, I'm one of the top things. There aren't a lot of Cousin Vitos. You'd be surprised. Jason, do you have any thoughts or questions? Hey, man, it's, uh, it's a pleasure meeting you. Uh, sound like you got a lot going on. Good luck to you, and uh, good luck in your uh, upcoming title match. Oh, thank you. Well, I don't think I need luck for that. We just <laughs> got to show up, set the table up, and make Matt Taven throw him through the table like a Thanksgiving turkey like we did the past two shows. So it, that'll be the easy part. If getting out of there alive with all those fans will be the hard part for me, probably, because they love that Taven. Oh, my God. Oh, the purple Taven. He's got the Taven girls in the front row, the Taven kids. Oh, my God. I was watching the replay of the show. I almost threw up in my mouth watching all those people in their purple. Ah, horrible. Give Taven my regards. Oh, I will. I'll, 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 I'll tell him how you feel. I'll say, yeah, I was, I was doing a, an interview with the, Not that I'm going to even talk to Taven before the match. I'm just going to run out there. Maybe I'll say it. Maybe I'll talk about it when I get the microphone and cut off that horrible ring announcer we have. And I'll say, I was on a podcast, and I'm not the only guy that hates Taven. Rest assured. Look, Taven needs a real – people need to realize Taven, he's not very nice to the fans in AEW of Ring of Honor. That's the real Taven. 
you know, if I were Matt Taven, I'd probably be cranky too. I go out in my purple clothes. I'm getting thrown through tables. I don't know. I, I haven't been c- catching up. I was actually in the garden the night he won the title uh, at the Ring of Honor show. I was there that night. At the time, I might have been showing support for Matt Taven. I don't know if I was managing yet, but it was nice to see him because, again, Taven, he was a guy that when I was running wrestling shows back in the 2000s, Taven was coming out of there. He was opening the show so that you can only imagine how much Taven was driving down from wherever he was from, Rhode Island or Massachusetts. Where he, I know he had a long ride, and he came down cheap. And another guy another guy I didn't mention is Eddie Kingston. I don't know what's happening with him in AEW, but that guy should be a superstar. He, even though we've had our problems and he's he's beaten me up and pinned me too, I have to say when I ran shows, uh, Eddie Kingston used to come from Yonkers, New York, and I'm telling you, it wasn't it wasn't very much money he would come and do the show. So Eddie Kingston's another guy that, you know, it's for the love, for the love of wrestling. A lot of the guys do it, and it's a shame they dropped the ball with them. I think at least I you know I don't watch. I, I'm a very casual fan, but. I felt like he was hot there and he had a, they could have strapped the rocket to him. And instead it's like, well, they moved him over to the ring of honor brand. Yeah. They, they blew it with him long before that. Yeah. yeah. When, he had, when he had that thing with punk, I mean, I know he didn't, he, he wasn't going to beat punk, but then he lost the thing with Jericho. He's losing to Jericho. It was like, he was like stone cold. He wrote that player's tribune article, you know, great story. You know, he's, he's a tough guy from Yonkers, New York. And you know, how, how is he not on top? He, he, you know, it's a shame. Shame for Eddie Kingston, but who knows? Maybe he could come to Northeast Wrestling and have a change of heart, and he could join me, Danny Math, and Kerr. He beat Jay White. Whoopee-whoa. And he, he beat Brian Anthony, though. That one I do remember. I did not see the Jay White. I, but that's the thing. He, poor Kingston. He was so hot. And, and actually, he was really hot when me and Brian did that two-on-one match against him in at in waterbury where actually he hit the powder into my eyes he was really hot then and i remember thinking wow this might be the last time we see him it's he's like gonna be the next stone cold steve austin i remember thinking that that night being like man it's you know i thanking him for you thanks for coming out the power and glory you know you've always been a great guy all these years you know and he was the one that was like they'll love you today and they'll hate you tomorrow and like he wasn't you know he was very humble about it and for good reason you know, sometimes it, you, it, your, your shot at stardom's quick, so hopefully he gets back up there because he's he's another great one. Well, Cousin Video, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you very much for your time. Jason, don't be cheap. It's like $10 for the network. Don't be cheap. Watch Vito lead his band of fiction. Yeah. Why don't you guys split it and share the password? I'm sure they don't have any sort of tracking data. Five bucks a month. It's like a cup of coffee at Starbucks. You can watch all of Danny Moff's title wins. You could hear me on commentary. You could see me. I, I There's a video of me backstage for Kurt Adonis' last match. I'm interviewing him. I've interviewed Hacksaw. I've interviewed uh, Mick Foley. It's actually, it's weird now because I'll watch back and I'll forget some of the stuff I did on the shows. I'm like, oh, look, I'm ringing the bell. Look at that. They're on him at ringside. Those are some, I actually, me and Taven rang the bell together one night at Northeast Wrestling. If you believe that, we go back that far. <laughs> yeah, I might have to get, get the network and just give Jason my password. Oh, yeah, you might as well. And you got you had some other guys on the podcast. You all split it. What's it, two bucks a month? That's cheaper than a Brian Anthony wristband at the show. His little green rubber wristbands he sells. And those people are cheap. Probably. They want to fucking buy me. Oh, a- the, that's why me and Moff don't go out there. I told them we should just, we should sign one eight by 10 and charge $100 for it and just leave it there. And then one guy that isn't a cheapskate buy the thing, and it's going to be scarce. You're not getting your Danny Moff autographs. There's not a ten thousand of them floating around. I might be the guy paying hundred dollars though. Not, not a bad idea, right? I was thinking like for for the big show, Poughkeepsie, one of those big shows, setting it up, having one nice one, charging more than all the guys, and saying this is all there is. There's one for the for one the one smart fan with money in their pocket in the whole audience. Well, cousin Vito, thank you for your time. Wish you luck on April twenty second. That title looks natural on you. That's all I gotta say. Um, I, I, you know, it's gonna feel good to give it to Kerr officially, but I'm gonna miss having it on my uh, mantle here. You know, I'll tell you that. Maybe Kerr will let you have it on weekend. This is the same title Cody Rhodes held in his hands. Cody held this actual title in his hands. And I appreciate you when I was at the Waterbury event. I appreciate you keeping Taven keep it long enough so I can have my picture taken with it. Yes. I appreciate that. I owe you a lot for that. Thank you very much. 
Oh, no problem. Anytime. Well, I wish you luck. Thank you very much. I'll be definitely be catching the April 22nd event. Even Jason, it's too cheap. Who knows? He might not. Oh, there'll be the highlights. Oh, well. Crash into the table online. I bet that that night. Boom. They'll, they'll be able to put them up. Especially, It'll go viral. If you, especially if you're going to mention me during the intro, I got to watch this. Uh, well, we'll see. Who knows? We'll see it when we get out there. I do it live, baby. You never know. But the problem now is I get booed so bad. I Sometimes I'm out there waiting. I don't know if you, well, if you go to the, how many shows you watch, but sometimes I'm out there and like, I'll go out and they'll be like, you know, you got to try to keep on time. Don't go out there and do, we don't want to have, you know, uh murder. She wrote out there for an hour, but I'll go out there. And sometimes I'm like, I can't even talk. We can let all these idiots run out of energy. That should take a few seconds. So we'll see if I could squeeze it in, but. I'll I'll give a wink. I'll give a wink to the camera. And April twenty third, Jason's gonna be like, so did did, did Taven lose? Did Taven lose? You gotta tell me, did Taven lose? I might let him wait. Oh yeah, subscribe to the network. That's right. Five friends, two bucks. How about ten friends? Ten friends, a dollar a piece. You can watch the whole Northeast Wrestling catalog. I'm actually dumping my peacock so I can get the Northeast Wrestling. You know what? I am. This is a side note. I shouldn't even talk about this. But Peacock's been been really p- pissing me off lately. I have the the free version, and for some reason, every time I throw on an office or something, it has this weird thing talking that I have to turn off. This closed captioning that like describes what's going on in the show every time. I can't figure it out. So I'm I'm like dump Peacock too. Yeah, Peacock's been kicking me out. I don't understand that. I, I pay. But it's just been kicking me out. So going down. I got, I got, now that I got to pay for my Peloton streaming service, I'm gonna have to cut my streaming services too, so I can have some instructor break break them off on me when I'm on the bike. <laughs> you know, you're awesome. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it today. Well, thank you for having me anytime. And thank you for everyone listening, and thank you for everyone watching. This is killing the business worldwide, and we are all out.